This is the Worker Experience, a podcast that's speaking directly to employees. Hosted by Edgar Jatu, Executive Director of Workplace Fairness, an advocacy organization that developed and maintains the number one free online resource for workers' rights information. Let's get to work. In 2022, the Amazon Labor Union saw a historic win at the retail giant's JFK location in my hometown of Staten Island, New York. Across the country, this victory has both encouraged workers to speak out against unfair and unsafe work conditions and has kept employers on higher alert for potential union activity. The union uprising that we've seen over the past two years is not random. Many pre-existing labor issues were highlighted during COVID, so much so that workers and essential workers in particular are now more aware and empowered to speak out about their workplace rights than ever before. In this episode, we'll be joined by the co-founders of the Amazon Labor Union and the Congress of Essential Workers, Jordan Flowers and Gerald Bryson, to discuss that historic win on Staten Island, New York, how to gain public support when organizing and what's next for the ALU and TCOEW. Jordan is a co-founder of the Congress of Essential Workers and the Amazon Labor Union. His mission is crystal clear, to dramatically improve the working environment and the well-being of employees both during COVID and beyond. To make this happen, Jordan is taking up the banner of battle in honor of workers while fighting to stay on the kidney transplant list due to his diagnosis of lupus nephritis. Gerald joined JFK 8 at the onset of their opening and quickly developed relationships with Jordan and coworker Chris Smalls and Derek Palmer. Together, they launched the first certified Amazon labor union, as well as the Congress of Essential Workers, to address the global need to support essential workers in light of the abuses they suffered during the pandemic. Gerald has a long history in union organizing, but he is a former member of Alum 99, 32BJ, DC 37, and Maritime Union. He remains dedicated to protecting workers' rights and job security. So thank you, uh, Jay and G, for joining us today, and I hope you're um, doing well. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Glad to be here. Well, I just want to start by saying that as someone who grew up in Staten Island, I'm just so happy to have you both on our show today. It's just very happy to see that the union movement is alive and well, particularly in my hometown. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, so, we're bound to come here. I mean, you know, I know it seems like, you know, Staten Island, Staten Island has grown a lot because I went away and came, you yeah. know, came back. It's it's a different place probably from when we were little guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's changing rapidly. I mean, we, we, we got a lot of known stars out here and everything now. <laughs> you know, why not the movement? It's time. Right, right. You know? <laughs> you know, first question for you both. When did you know it was time to organize? What inspired you and your friends to take the, to, to keep lead? I mean, for me, I have lupus nephritis. I had it for 12 years. And um, personal story, my parents moved. And Amazon was the only job that opened up to me to, you know, make a consistent income and stay where I live. Amazon actually had terminated me three times, but before wow. we even organized, Amazon terminated me twice. 
And my health issue is a serious thing, and I'm on the verge of dialysis right now, and I'm only 24. You know, Chris, Derek, and Gerald, and myself, when we took that stand, it's just because that, you know, we all had a we all had a mind, and, you know, Chris was the first one to be terminated. And, and you know what I'm saying? I guess that's what pushed the drive even more, that, you know, one of our friends, one of our closest friends, one of our, our brothers, you know, being being retaliated against a big corporation, that, um you know, we took that stance to start fighting, uh, fighting back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Just to echo what Jordan said, uh, basically that was what it was. And especially in, in Chris's case, he was more at being an assistant manager, you know, a PA, so to speak. Um, you're, you're a half management, you know, but you're still kind of considered labor too, in a way. Like, you know what I mean? In other words, yeah. you know, he can direct us, direct every, everybody else around, but, you know, he's not a manager. You know, for him to uh, put himself on the spot because, like, you know, the big dogs told him in the meeting and his superior, immediate superior, not to inform us if the person next to us had, had COVID. Just send that person that is suspected of having COVID home. That's the mm-hmm. way Amazon was trying to operate. So in that aspect, Chris Smalls, you know, he's a hero because, you know, it's something I would have probably did myself too because I couldn't live with that, lying right. to, to, you know, people in their face like everything's okay and smiling with a fake smile, knowing that they're in a station that a person just uh, got sent home for possibly having COVID with and it hasn't been wiped down or anything, mm-hmm. you know? So that that's the type of situation that uh, we were dealing with. And, it, you know, for him, it was, you know, his job to step up and tell us, the regular laborers and, 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 you know, and associates, hey, this is what's going on. I can't hold this back from you. This is your lives. This is your family's lives, you know. So we respect him and, you know, we love him, you know, for doing that. Yeah, and basically, yes, he was fired for that. I, in turn, took his place. Mm-hmm. Uh, we came out of the same, for background purposes, uh, we all came out of the same area, which is called PCF, Pick Count Floor. Okay. And that's, all right, and that's where, you know, basically what it's saying. You're either counting or you're picking, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Not hard to decipher. Uh, basically, just that alone, being, you know, involved in that and the stress that was on the floors, we we had an all-black crew. Like, uh, it was, yeah, it was, uh, Jordan wasn't with us. Jordan was on another crew. But he was going through, you know, he's having ailing times, you know. And mm-hmm. he, no, he was already knew he couldn't be there, you know what I right. mean. Right. So he wasn't. He had already removed himself. He saw what was coming, and you know, so he stayed home. But uh, for the rest of us, we were on the same team, and Chris was our boss, our immediate boss. Okay. So, uh, along with Derek Palmer, who was another, you know, PA, and then I was underneath them. I was more of a, a tote PA, but, uh, you know, we, we all had our line and Amazon is also, you know, like they're very racist. I mean, just in that aspect, they couldn't take the fact that we were in uh, first place every week. They used to run a lot of really? contests against, you know, each other. So there's four floors. So there's pick count floor on every floor. Right. So, you know, a team, so they would make you, you know, Hey, four floors doing good. So, you know, you better pick it up, man. We're going to have a party for you this week if you can win it. That's the way they were getting uh, their rates up and getting to to push out all that stuff. You know, the unsuspecting laborers that are doing it for those things, 
those right. dividends, so to speak, you know, a pizza party, a pizza pie, cupcakes, whatever that, that's what they did. Yeah. And so it was always a rivalry between the floors to who's going to come in first. But lo and behold, the black team always came in first, you know, with the black managers. And uh, they couldn't take that anymore. So they, yeah. the, they had a level six guy. He started ripping us apart, pushing us different areas or whatever. Okay. So me, in fact, he was ready to switch me. And he put mm-hmm. me in the place where I wanted to be. And that was outbound ship dock. I had my own area. Smooth work. Only probably one of the smoothest jobs in Amazon. Right. But when my brothers took a stand, I took the stand with them regardless. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. That's how important it was to me because I had grandkids at home and I, I have a 10-year-old. You know, I'm going home every day to these kids and, you know, we didn't even know what right. COVID really was. You right. understand right. what I'm saying? So uh, in that aspect, yeah, I took a stand with them the day that uh, before we actually started protesting, they had a fair in their lobby, like from one mm-hmm. end of the lobby to the other end, you know, people, you know, mingling popcorn and right. apples and everything. Wow. And me, Chris and uh, Derek were in the middle of it. Like oh, they had just the same day they had declared uh, New York City closed. Right, right. And they're having this thing. And we're like, don't they know there's a pandemic? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. and that's the way they flow. People coming in, the people that were leaving got to experience the fair, the people coming in got to experience the fair. So you got at least a thousand people intermingling in the lobby, just like, right, you know right, what I right. mean? And there's a pandemic. So that's when we started. From that point on, it was, you know, that's uh, when we really said, like, one day, that's it. We're going to be protesting. Like, we had yeah. had enough. And we started going to their offices in the morning, asking them, what do you intend to do about the pandemic? What do you mm-hmm. intend to do to make us feel safer? Right, it was right. like every day the same thing. And they kept on saying, we'll get back to you. We'll get back to you. We'll get back to you. So they kept on throwing us to the side. So finally, I believe it was like uh, Monday, March 28th or something, somewhere in that area. I can't remember the exact date or 30. We started protesting, Yeah, you know, yeah. officially. So, so how did you get the word out, you know, particularly um, as you know, people are starting to you know, figure out um, what's happened with COVID and trying to also, you know, get to work. And, and I imagine keeping up with the workload. So how did you get to work out and get people to um, support you initially? Uh, we started in the lunchrooms, protesting okay. in the morning. That was an important part, what I told you. We started in the lunchroom. Like, we were going in the lunchroom mm-hmm. early morning, sitting down, not checking into work. And then we would go... And and ask them, at 9 o'clock, they have a manager's meeting, like right. King Arthur's court, <laughs> so to speak, <laughs> the square table. <laughs> so they, they're all in there, and we would wait for them all to go to their morning meeting, okay. and that's when we would storm in and ask them, what do you intend to do about this? You know, and we get that layoff answer. Right. And we did it for a week straight prior to actually getting out there and protesting. You know, we gave them a chance to straighten it out. Kept on throwing us off. Gerald, I'll get back to you. I was like, don't you understand I have kids at home? You know what I mean? It was crazy. It was crazy. So at that point, that's when we started the protesting. Chris led the way. He was fired by the end of that day, and which turn I took over and 
I was fired the next week after him uh, by a plant they sent out, a little white girl sent out. And, you know, like why I was uh, asking the safety person how many casualties today as far as yeah. COVID, she would interfere and tell me this, you know, blah, blah, blah. So finally I got fed like, where are you? Who said that? You know, because she was yeah. hiding on the side of a car. I don't know. It's public record, but she was sitting on the side of a car and uh, mm -hmm. smoking a cigarette and kind of got a little nasty. And I even tried to uh, reason with her and say, aren't you scared that you're going to catch this or you're going to bring this home? And I figured it out after looking at it that she was like, you know, a non-care free person. Yeah. Looked like she was on drugs, you know, more or less. But we got into a little bit of an argument back and forth. I left it alone, but she went inside. She went and reported, said I called her the N-word, which was very, you know, like, come on, really? So she yeah. started some mess like that. <laughs> yeah, I called her the N-word, you know, which, you know, I in court, like, they laughed that off because I told her, yeah, I'm a brother, and, yeah, when I'm around my, yeah, I, I, I yes, I have used the N-word. Right, right. You know what I mean? So, well, well, Joe, let me ask you this. And this is actually both of you and Jay. So, Joe, I know right now, I know you just said that you were let go by Amazon. Um, so what What are both of your current employment stats with the company? Are you, have you been reinstated or have you been let go or tried to reapply? So what's going on with that? I took Amazon to court, National Labor Board. I beat them twice. Already. I beat them at the National Labor okay. Board and I beat them federally. Okay, uh, they in that process, Amazon likes to keep you going around in circles. You know, they're spending millions of dollars to keep me from probably three years at thirty nine thousand. Okay, mm -hmm. so that shows you, you know, what they're you know they're about. They're about right. W's. You know what I'm saying? So they're spending millions right now for me not to win, but they lost. They lost twice already, and uh, on the appeal from the first loss is coming up any day now. And they're going to lose again because it's coming down from the National Labor Board and they're going to lose again. So I'll probably be like first black man in history to just call out, knock them out three <laughs> times. And we're going to ask them, do they want to go for four or are they going to let me back in the building? You okay. know, because this time around, we're going to make a big stink out of it because, you know, we know how these corporations are. They like to keep the little man going around in circles, not give him, keep them poor keep him without his money, without his job, and just keep him running around. We'll pay millions to to watch that circus. But I'm yeah. gonna let I'm gonna let the people know what's going on this time. Like me and my lawyer, we have already discussed it. And I mean if that's what they want to intend on doing, people are gonna know. I, you lost three times. I got yeah. three wins on you. Why are you taking this back around for what? To say when you say you have an appeal, you say you have that means you have new evidence yeah. in light of the right. case. Okay, there's no new evidence. They're going around in circles with the same thing because there is no evidence, you know, on their side. I have a tape yeah. showing what happened. So basically that they're going to lose again. And um, hopefully they'll come to the senses and either let me back in that building or whatever. That I mean, okay. you know, a lot of people. So, and, I mean, that's Jay, where we're at. And Jay, how about you? Uh, me personally, I got my last termination was September 27, 2022. Right now, there's been a uh, lawyer talk and uh, court talk right now, but um, yeah, they said that I voluntarily resigned, which again I didn't. I was planning to keep my medical insurance and my uh, my benefits so I could go see the doctor, which they didn't let me keep. So I went five months without seeing the doctor to keep, make sure my kidney function was alright. Yeah, oh, right now, uh, there's nothing going on. And and Jay, are, are you actually trying to get reinstated currently? Uh, as of right now, no, because uh, like I said, I'm on a virgin dialysis, uh, possibly close enough to get a kidney transplant. 
And I already know that work is strenuous. I've done it for almost three years or going into mm-hmm. four before the pandemic. So I, there's no plan for me to go back. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't really be safe. In his condition, like, I noticed people in there like Jay right now, and they're not really safe. I mean, you walk out of that that warehouse, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not not, but you run with a bunch of black gook up your nose and everything else after the day is over. You know, this is stiff, dry air. Right, you understand? Right. There's a lot of dust and stuff, and you know there's still people getting sick here and there from it. So I don't, I just don't think he's going back right now. And plus, like he told you, uh, they're trying to, you know, uh, ready him for dialysis, which is mm-hmm. not a great time. You know, yeah. I mean, he's 24 and he has to, you know, deal with this and them giving him problems. So yeah. uh, I mean, you know, we all like um, pins and needles right now. You know, that's my guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, let me ask this question. You know, as you were at that time when COVID was just becoming a thing, we were about to end this pandemic, and even after the fact, when you when you start to complain about working conditions, um, midst of COVID, did you know people that suffered serious consequences from contracting COVID at around that time? No, I mean it wasn't serious consequences, but I knew plenty of people that got sick. Mm-hmm. That were working in the stations. Even some of the, a lot of the managers were getting sick. Mm-hmm. All right. They were keeping that undercover. When, after we started the protesting and we decided to form TCOEW, uh, yes, to the, the ALU. Mm-hmm. Once we formed the ALU, like we were in touch with a perform, but that's when we heard about Pushan Brown, which we named our hall after here. Mm-hmm. Uh, she mm-hmm. actually was one of the workers. Where was it, Jordan? And, uh, what state was that? I believe it was Virginia. West Virginia. Virginia. Oh, either Virginia or Virginia, I believe. Yeah, she she uh, got sick because Amazon was choosing workers to um, take people's temperatures and stuff in the morning and do uh, the medical side of things in the morning. And unskilled workers in medical in the medical field, and Pushan happened to be one of them. Mm-hmm. So basically what they did was they had her swabbing mouths in the morning and all that other stuff and her noses, and she ended up getting sick and dying. Mm, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, and she left a 12-year-old, which Amazon, what'd they give her? They they helped her. They sent her to counseling. That was it. They gave her six weeks of counseling. Yeah, Yeah. six weeks of counseling or whatever. No, No type of payment. Yeah. So I believe uh, Pushan's family is fighting Amazon right now. It's a good fight because that's just deadly wrong. You know, how could they live knowing that these things are happening around them? I mean, there's plenty right. of people, right. not only in the pandemic, but that have just died recently in Amazon. Heart attacks or whatever. You know, you hear it all the time and they're covering it up. They will cover it up so bad, like in Newark and in, in Jersey. They covered that up so bad that the man had a heart attack, hit the table, fell to the floor. They put stuff around him to keep everybody working. Wow. So as a result of all the protesting you've done and you know, unionizing, have conditions specifically at the stock now location gotten better? No. They, they won't get better until we get them to sit down and sign the actual contract. They're not under contract yet. So, you, you know, right now, they're pulling out all the stops, and all they're doing is getting charges, court charges after court charges, which if you uh, stay up with stuff, you always see that there's a win in something, mm-hmm. you know. 
that Amazon's doing because they they pulled out all the stops. They they'll try and do anything to uh, you know, stop this unionization of uh, JFK eight or Amazon. Period. Everything they do is expected. I mean, if you watch the congressional hearings a year and a half ago, you you would have saw what Jeff Bezos said when situations are put in front of him that are not fair. How does he account for it? And his answer was they uh, modify the situation to fit their needs. Mm -hmm. So regardless, if you're right, you know what I'm saying? In the situation, they're going to modify it to make you look wrong. That's what he's saying and get you Mm -hmm. out of there. And, and, you know, so, I mean, that's filthy in itself. Like when Chris, when we started this, they wanted to make Chris look like a non-articulate black man. You know what I mean? Which means right, the people right. that's following him are non-articulate too. You know, the old black leadership is non-articulate. You know, that's the way they roll. Like in my my case, they tried to label me a woman basher, a thug, all t- drug addict, everything, you know, anything black. They, they would start off my depositions with uh, Mr. Bryson. Now, and you know, like stuff, just for instance, they would say like, how much alcohol have you had already? It's like eight, eight right, o'clock right. in the morning. You know, did you, yeah. did you have any crack today? You know what I mean? Like that's to get a rise out of you because they want to prove at all times to uh, the judicial system, whether it's a criminal case or a labor case, that we're black and we're savages. You see, right. you see, you see, you know, and that's the way they want to portray us in this whole thing, which is absolutely not true. I mean, yeah. far from it. So. Well- but thanks, Gerald. Let me ask Jay something. So, Jay, sure. um, as of right now, and I know Gerald just mentioned that there have been issues. Um, obviously, Amazon's continuing to um, fight the union from getting a collective bargaining agreement. What are the main things you're asking for when it comes to safety at, at the now I'm saying in particular? What are the things you're hoping to accomplish if you can get through all the uh, legal challenges? So yeah, basically, um, proper PPE because you know you never know the next the next virus that can come out, the next major thing that have us on lockdown or uh you know quarantine that you know these workers are protected to uh you know make sure they don't bring it home to their families, their, their parents, kids, you know whatever health issue they have, respiratory or not, autoimmune or not, that you know these workers need to be protected. Uh, next is definitely higher wages. We're talking about a billion dollar company that makes billions. I mean, billions by the almost by the hour. Mm-hmm. That these workers could make at least thirty dollars an hour, especially with wages going up in New York City. That you know, living is hard, and we're also talking about the tri-state area, New Jersey, Connecticut. You know, we got workers from all over coming to Staten Island to work. So, oh wow, interesting. So you know, these workers have to have time, more quality time. Amazon only gives you a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. and basically after after like May, like the end of May, you can't acquire no more personal time off. And, you know, there's people that need time off or, you know, proper paid time off. That's what I I should really be saying. Definitely more time off availability because Amazon doesn't offer you that much. And, we, you know, workers who, like myself, with health issues need to be on leave properly and uh, properly paid. Because even during the pandemic, we had workers tell us that they would be home for two weeks without pay and Amazon wouldn't try to pay them at all. Mm-hmm. And there would be workers who were retested and sometimes had to stay out for a month. And Amazon still wouldn't want to pay them. To be out during COVID. So right now, how much does a worker get at Amazon? It's like eighty hours personal time, pay time. And how, how much are you hoping to to increase that by? I forgot what the max is in New York in New York City, in New York State, but 
it's the, it's the fact that they're still giving they're still giving the workers under what is really legal for a person. I see. I see. And so, kind of talking about the process you unionized. So, at what point did you decide that you need to create a union? Um, and did you have overwhelming support, or did you have some people you needed to convince to have a former union and, and to vote for one? So, what, what inspired us was RDWSU. They had started their election run in Bessemer, Alabama, and mm -hmm. we had went down there as the Congress of Essential Workers to show support. We, we noticed that, again, me, Chris, Derek, and Gerald, we've been in there for a long time. Derek and Chris, they've been, they've been in Amazon for over five years, six years. Me and Jerry been over in JFK three to four years. And that's our community. And, you know, we're already well-loved in there. Everyone loves us. They always talk to us. They always communicate with us. And, you know, we're, we're you know, saying we're grassroots workers ourselves. We were there when the building opened up, so we already knew the mm -hmm. issue. We were working 60 hours, open, open a year in 2018. We were working 60 hours for two months. Right. So we, know, we, we knew the issues. We knew the problems. And, you know, we brought it back home. And, again, like I said, we were well-loved. That it was just, you know, being back in the trenches, talking to workers again, letting them know what ALU is, how we're grassroots, that, you know, us as the working community, and we can make that change and uh, have a chance to start a grassroots-led community, which ended up happening. And the ALU was always going to be there to support. Even before our certification and our victory, we already started getting workers back. And that was our major, like our major benefit of us getting uh, the union inside that we was already getting workers their jobs back before we were certified in an official union. I see. Wow. Wow. And can you just explain to listeners what the Congress of Essential Workers and the ALU are? Um, just so you understand the, both organizations. The Congress of Essential Workers is a nonprofit organization for essential workers to speak up. And uh, I like to call it as a megaphone for more workers to come out and speak out on work issues, not just in Amazon, but any corporation, so mm -hmm. Starbucks also, Trader Joe's, Home Depot, any anyone that wanted to come out and start speaking against their corporation and who they work for, that we took that opportunity, like we said, to use it as it for uh, Amazon. That we took it as, you know, Amazon's doing this, they're doing that. And, you know, we took it to the streets. And, you know, that's what that's what really makes the community big, that when you start taking it to the streets, you start seeing supporters from the outside before you start seeing it in the inside. Mm -hmm. And... Amazon Labor Union, uh, it's, you know, saying it's just the, it's the birthright of TCOEW. It's the same four that just went back to their home community, started, you know, working with their workers, their grassroots tier one workers, to let them know that, you know, if we come together, we can stop what's going on in Amazon. We can make a change in Amazon. Like I said before the election and that, that we have the opportunity to make that change, mm -hmm. especially at a facility that makes billions of dollars every day and they don't even treat us fairly. They'd rather fire us six months and then rehire us six months down that people who want to continue working, that they have opportunity that if they want to leave and go to college or they want to come back sooner, that they're going to help you. Or even if, again, like, you need to stop working for a while, but you need to go part-time, that the union was here to help them, give them the opportunity to. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so the two organizations are not, they're, they're connected, but not the same organization, right? They're two separate entities, correct? No, correct. they're not correct. ALU is the union. Yeah, ALU is for the Amazon Labor Union, as we know. Uh, that's to uh, for the union workers of Amazon. The Congress of Essential Workers, for basically what Jordan said, I couldn't have put it any better. It's for you know workers to, that want to protest 
Uh, they can come through the Congress. You know, we're able to support them in, in their beliefs and their protests as they go out towards their bosses. And it doesn't matter who it is or, you know, what entity it is. You mm-hmm. know, the Congress will be there to support them as an outlet for the public or any individual who wants to protest to come to and get the support that they need to begin their protests. It's also like more of an umbrella to the ALU. I think that's what you're looking for. Everybody's been looking for that lately. But yeah, I mean, we found in both of these places. What did yeah. you know, expect it? Like, awesome. uh, we're here to stay in one field or the other. So when we finish wow. unionizing, we'll be back pushing the Congress. I didn't imagine. I, I mean, I was really blind. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've been with unions my whole life. Like Jordan said, they did inspire us, but we always had it in mind. Right. Okay, I've been DC 37, 1199, 32B&J, Milkman, Maritime, I can go on <laughs> and on. Okay, so that was always in my head, you know, and I was telling them, I was hitting them before we even hit the road, like, yo, we need a uni, we need a uni. <laughs> but um, I'm sure that, you know, that part was already, it's just that they inspired us more, like, hey, let's go home and do it, you know, and, right. and, and right. then we watched them. And not for nothing, with all due respect to them, you know, the mistakes that happened, you know, was a learning experience for us. Mm-hmm. So we were able to watch for those things. The mistakes that happened, you know, through no fault of their own, they were trying to do the right thing. Let me clarify mm-hmm. that. But Amazon had tricks for them, too, and messed up their election. So we learned. Yeah. You know, yeah. going home as a grassroots, starting from the third on up, we learned from what they went through. So we were a little more prepared. And, you know, I mean, and that is thanks to them because we got to see firsthand all the little uh, trifling things a company will do to make sure things don't happen. So we learned from that. We utilized it from there, you know, made sure that our plan was straight and went forward, you know. They didn't think we could do it, but you got four guys, like Jordan said, we're all pretty popular in our building. I mean, I'm a, as you can see, I'm a talker and a loud mouth. I'm a character <laughs> in the building, you know. So, I mean, you give me a pipe and I'll have the rats falling off the ledge, okay? So, <laughs> they don't want me back. <laughs> they don't want me back so, in that so, building for that reason. Let me ask you both then. So, I think a lot of people that would have followed this um, story would, would definitely say that what you all do is legendary in terms of the tactics used. So, why, why don't you explain to listeners you know, what you learned from what happened in Alabama and how, what tactics did you use to, to get support and also to get to a successful uh, vote for the union? Well, uh, along with different, you know, uh, states come different laws. And, yeah. you know, and every Amazon is also set up differently, more or less according to the area it's coming out to. We've seen Amazons, you know, there'll be an Amazon where the bus is going in, but it's Amazon's property at a certain point. And, Mm, you know, like, so it's kind of hard. But in JFK 8, the bus stop is right alongside Amazon. And at least in New York City, bus stops are public. Right. No matter what. So they couldn't stop us there. They tried to get us to leave there. Mm-hmm. They were fighting for that, but that's public location. That's a bus right. stop. That's where we set up shop on Fifth Street, you know, right next to JFK 8. They couldn't do nothing with us at that point. They couldn't get the MTA, police, their union, you know, mm-hmm. so they would only do so much. And they didn't really want to bother us. You know, right. sometimes uh, they had to do their job, I'm sure. And then there were a few jerks 
that came in that Amazon had paid to arrest mm-hmm. us or do stuff no. like that. But yeah, and they'll do anything. It's just a nasty business. So, so you said for the bus stop, and that's where you were able to talk to workers as they were coming to you from work? Yeah. And uh, we stood in the street. If you looked at any of our pics or whatever, you'll see us in the street handing uh, uh, flyers to cars, handing, mm-hmm. getting them to sign signatures. That the cars are coming by. Uh, the bus stop is across, right across there. Right. So we were able to manipulate and maneuver the, the, yeah. the area. You yeah. know, so yeah, we had a plan. The plan wasn't in sight. We knew we wanted to start a union. We knew how to start it. What we need to do as far as uh, the site itself varied. So you always stayed loose in case you needed to be swift, quick, and changeable. Right. So to speak. Right. <laughs> that was our mentality. Swift, quick, and changeable. Okay, you took this away from us. We'll be right here. Oh, you try to take that away. We're going back over here. Right. Like we played games with them. You know, it was crazy. But we got it done. Um, Jay, do you have anything else you want to add? Another one of our big tactics was giving out food. The Amazon doesn't give out food. And in Tyler wow. Facility, they do have food vendors. But again, we were handing out free food, hand-cooked meals, barbecues. And even our little events, we had little party events that we would invite workers to to come speak out because we seen mm-hmm. that some workers were scared to speak at the bus stop also. So right. if we, we had the tech of bringing them away from the warehouse, they'll feel a little more ease that they could speak their mind and right. that you right. know, we'll be able to communicate more on situations inside the facility. Yeah, and we've had a few parties, like, you know, We'll do the Christmas party thing. Like we had mm-hmm. a we had a sensational Christmas party this past year. We try to keep the laborers in, in the know. We're at a point like we don't have a contract, so you can't just jump out there and protest. Right. You can't right. protest for something you never had. You understand mm-hmm. what I mean? So yeah. we have to initially get a contract. Then the next time you can protest when things aren't in. Uh as far as doing that. Amazon's doing a beautiful job of burying itself with all types of uh, law issues, which they're losing. And, you know, we're confident sooner or later, this is going to have to sit down and come to the table because we're not going anywhere. We understood that this fight, it is for the long haul. Right, right. Personally, and, you know, being involved with the ALU and TCOEW is is long, long haul for me. I know and I see now that our youth, they have no idea. And when you have no idea what you know you're entitled to do and yeah. what you're supposed to do become two different things that they have to learn, you know, they're, they're labor ignorant, so to speak. Uh, yeah. I say that a lot now because I see some people that are older than me that I sit up there and I just wonder, did you just say that, you know, as far as labor, yeah. like you're going to kiss their ass some more. Do you understand that they're just using you? They don't want you to think. A lot of people go in there thinking they're going to rise up through the ranks. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no thought process there because they don't want you to think. They just want your arms, your legs, your torso, and yeah. do what they say. So you know, it's it's modern day slavery, uh, unique way uh, moving the masses uh, towards getting their set goals done. Yeah, you know what I mean. And with fair tactics, a lot oh. of fair tactics. So um, a lot of fair well- tactics. What would you say, and this is a question for both of you, what would you say is the biggest reason why you've seen a resurgence of workers organizing? Before COVID, you know, um, or even, be, even before that, you know, you were starting to see more workers organizing to unions more than ever, you know, ever before in a very long time. Yeah. Why, why do you think that is? Uh, no arrogance intended, but we have a lot to do with that. 
I think we shook the globe with this one. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be honest with you, nobody has won. Look, four black men went against a giant. Yeah. Uh, some of us are still, I mean, I'm still fighting them right now. They don't want to let me in that building like if I win this case because, you know, I'd be automatic inspiration. I'm the one that's showing you that if you fight, it can be done. That's one reason I'm still in court right now because they don't want me to touch those doors ever yeah. again. One of the office was, could I stay? They know I'm an older guy, so they said, we, we want him to stay out of there at least 25 years. You know what I mean? To love yeah. an old man, I ain't going to want to work out. That's how they wanted it. Like, basically that. We're here to show people the way. I mean, you know what? I used to be more laid back with it, like, not really talk, but I understand our role, and I understand that we have to move forward, and we have to keep on showing the good fight to other people. We have to keep on taking ground, so to speak, to right, show them right. that it can be done. And we also need to educate our young on the upcoming... Not everybody's kid is going to be president. Some kids are very intelligent, but they still end up in places like Amazon, even if if it's to start over their life or if Mm. it's just a climbing stone. You know, sometimes some of the best of us end up in places like Amazon. So that's why we need to do this. You know, whether you're you're straight or you're, you're making a good living or not, because you never know how your kid's going to grow up. Yeah, You understand? I mean, that's that goes without saying. So I've seen plenty of rich kids doing the wrong things or troubled or having to start over, too. So if they do end up in a place like Amazon, you want them to be OK. You want them yeah. to have security. You know, mm-hmm. you want them to get paid uh, decent wages. You want them, you know, to, to have the backing when there is a troublesome situation, you know, things of that nature. That's why I say that, like, you know, you never know. You just never know. Thank you, G. How about you, Jay? I could add, kind of add on to what G said. I mean, yeah, we, we took on a giant, and it kind of shook the world on what we did and how we started making noise for this company. But we knew this company was always, in the long run, going to have problems. It wasn't just here. We're talking about worldwide. You know, right now in London, they're even rallying for a new contract. But um, I would also say it was COVID. COVID was an exploit for uh, a bunch of workers. So, again, like Amazon, Starbucks. Home Depot now, Trader Joe's, a bunch of these corporations is making money and exploiting workers to this uh, to this virus. Mm-hmm. And again, these workers are still working their shifts, testing positive, asymptomatic, to the point where you know work, workers were dying, or if not, terminally ill. Yeah. And you, again, we're talking about work parents, kids who live with their parents, people with kids, uh, autoimmune, respiratory. That you know, it, this was a major issue. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't just a one a one company thing. It was a bunch of companies. And, you know, we're still right. seeing it to this day as it rises. We shook the world when we attacked Amazon, but it was just that COVID, I felt like COVID was the roll call for more companies to start speaking up because, again, we're talking about a time where we didn't even know what COVID was. Yeah. You know, we just heard it came out of China and that since uh, it came to the United States, all we had to do was quarantine for two weeks. But, again, there was no tests, no medical mm-hmm. uh, treatment that we were just in fear of our life. Not, yeah. Again, not just Amazon, but anyone does it fair their life. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much so, so, Jay. Yeah. I mean, just to say, add to that, like, if you notice, like, once we did start, then Starbucks went right after us. Yeah. You got the railroads, you had SEIU, you had 32 B&J. It was like right. we set off a chain reaction. And it, it's good because, you know, like I said, man, there's a lot of us out there with 
you know, that was a stop off for me. Uh, my by trade, I was an industrial construction worker, came okay. home trying to stay young, you know, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> there's guys my age that look like they're 80. So I was like, oh my right, God, right. this job is hard. But they paid you well. But so I came home and and just to see. And another thing is like the the when I say the young to educate the young, we have to educate the young that are on the management side that come in there. You know, how is it when like your first job, you're a manager, 19 years old, they're bringing you in and they mm-hmm. tell you to pull out the bullwhip and start lashing people. You understand? So yeah. now this kid is getting this mentality. He or she is thinking, hey, this is the way life is. This right, is the way right. you treat people in the job. And that's another thing that we're having to battle with. That's why it's important on both ends that, you know, we start educating our kids a little more labor, labor yeah. wise for, for both reasons. You know what I mean? I mean, I've had kids at 19, 20, I'm looking down like you, like, you know, I got, I got sons that are like tw- almost twice your age. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's, it's disrespectful. You know, like, because they don't know where you come from. That was a little stop-off place for me until I make my next move. And I ended up staying a little longer than I wanted to, and we fell into this. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, because the pandemic came. Right, so, right. you know, that kind of halted plans. I had, But uh, nevertheless, man, that, that's what we're dealing with. You know, we have to educate the youth. We got we to gotta get them, bro, for both yeah. reasons. For both reasons. Because the ones that are going to the management, too, they turn out to be young whipcrackers. You know what I mean? Because yeah, that's what they were told. And yeah, it is. Yeah. So last question for you all. What advice would you give to Amazon workers around the country that might be dealing with a similar labor, viol- labor rights violations you were dealing with? The first thing is fear. There is no fear. They're scared of you. That's why they're mm-hmm. projecting fear to the individual. You have to stand up for your rights. If you don't stand up for yourself, nobody will. And when mm-hmm. you do stand up for yourself, you'll see that other people will follow. You know what I mean? But you got to start yeah. somewhere. And most Amazons, we have a lot of older people. There's a lot of people in Amazon, unfortunately, that didn't have the type of lives that most people at least experience yeah. before they yeah. fall off. So they're not uh, job educated. They stayed, you know, unfortunately, we got some people that have been dealers and stuff till they're 45. Now they want to change their ways, which is cool and great. But they come into the work industry now and they're doing those 10 hours and they think this is how you work. Mm-hmm. You have that problem, too. And you're saying to this guy, dude, this is not how you work. You know, boom, boom, boom. Oh, yeah. Well, this is easy. I don't care because, you know, I could do this. I could bust this out all day. But, mm-hmm. dude, it's violations of your rights. But right, that's all right. right. I'm good. I'm good because you weren't educated. You stayed on the corner. Amazon takes a lot of people from that, that, that homeless and everything else, which is great because it gives them a chance. But still, mm-hmm. you know, they haven't, while they were homeless for 30 years, 40 years, whatever the case, they were out there. You know what I mean? Doing whatever they're doing, drugs or whatever. They didn't learn labor laws. So now they mm-hmm. come in. Now that you know you got a new turnover, you know, you, you know, you got yourself together, you went to meetings, whatever, you're feeling right. your life now. You, you can smell the, smell the flowers. You come in there and you're thinking that's the way you're supposed to work. Mm-hmm. You know, because you spent the first half of your life, which I know in the project, selling crap. You understand what I'm saying? Now you got, you got your life back together when you came out and you want to work, but you don't know how to work. Right, right. 
So those are some of the problems that we're dealing with. And that's why, like, I'm really, like, specifying on, you know, labor readiness. Yeah. I mean, it's just important that we start educating our, our people, our children, more about what's going on out there. There was, a you know, a course to, for dummies, so to speak, to put it out there. I, I mean, I, I would hope that they get it because it's very important for them to know what they're dealing with. The right, man is right. not playing with them. The 1% is not playing. Mm-hmm. They're going to put you in there. And like they said, they want you to leave your brain at home. Yeah. Be the perfect robot. Be a biological robot, for sure. So that's where it's at right now. You know, hoping to change and, you know, elevate our people in general, everybody. Right. No, not just black people, whoever needs it in general, because we yep. all got to do this together to make this work. Right. You right. know, how about you, Jay? For me, I would I, I would say like that. Get a bunch of your coworkers that are like minded. that have the same goals, same asset, same fight that, you know, you want to come and attack this company and exploit it for the, the wrong they're doing to its employees. I mean, again, we're talking about like an example. Us four, it was only us four. Right. Who 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 came out and stood up for the workers. I'm saying it as like, you know, we it wasn't a large group and it wasn't like a one person thing. You know, we made it like four black men had came together, had the same mind, the same fight, the same issue that was going on in the facility that, you know, we can attack these issues together right. and make a change. Right. So again, it don't have to be again four black people. It could be whoever it is. It just you know, like minded people that, you know, y'all want to attack the same fight, the same company and exploit whatever they're doing to their workers. And let them know that, you know what I'm saying? Either West Coast to East Coast, across the country, that, you know, we all work for the same company. Yeah. And that we all could we could all fight this one man and make a change in all facilities. Great, great. Well, G and J, thank you so much for your time today. So how can people find you and your organization to better support your work? So on Twitter, it's at Amazon Labor. Uh myself is at J A Y Y Capital T C O E W. And uh, Jerry, you can take yours. You could just ma- email me at uh, J Cream, like in coffee, 1963 <laughs> at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, thank and, you both for being on today. Thank well, you so thank much you for, having, for us. having us, man. And we're glad to be here and spread that message out there. I hope we uh, opened up some minds because we need all the help we can get. And um, it's essential that we all move together and make this world better. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, and de- definitely for sure. And I hope everyone was able to get a lot out of today's um, interview to learn more about how ALU um, unionized a location on Staten Island, New York, um, and also just the inspiring ways that you can come together to form a union to advocate for your rights in the workplace. So I hope everyone through the interviews and talk to you all soon. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Worker Experience Podcast with your host, Edgar Jatti. This episode was produced by Alea Arison and edited by Haikun Wang. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from Workplace Fairness, you can follow us on all major social media platforms. If you would like to donate to Workplace Fairness, please head to the link in the show notes or text right at 53555 to give. Thanks again and hope you tune in next time.